What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to our Becoming Your Best podcast, wherever you might be in the world today. This is Steve Schallenberger, your host. And this is the second installment of a podcast that I gave not long ago on longevity and health. So we'll call this longevity and health part two and what you can do. Now, uh, becoming your best, the, the 12 principles of highly successful leaders are a set of principles based on deep research that leads to high performance within our own lives and also within our teams. Each one of these principles is, as they come together and work together, creates a chemistry of excellence, something really quite magical. Uh, Each one of them really is quite significant, but even more extraordinary is how they work together and the predictable result that it produces. And today we're going to talk about principle number 11, which is to live in peace and balance. Now, what this really means is to live a life in such a way that you're at peace, that you can maximize your happiness and joy in life, have a high level of energy, and maximize your health and longevity uh, for a long period of time. Some years ago, while living in Spain, I met one of the founders of the Yadro Ceramics Company, who makes the beautiful figurines. I was visiting with Jose Yadro and his wife. He was about 84 years old at the time. And the question came up of what is more important? And Jose said he and his wife had had an ongoing quote-unquote argument over the years, 30 years, of what was more important in life. And she said it was health. He said it was happiness. And they looked at our dignitary visitor who was the leader of an international church, uh, Gordon Hinckley, and he looked right back at him, and so amazing, this man is so amazing, he said, you're both right. (laughs) And Jose Yadro just laughed, and he said, you are right. Well, not long ago, I did uh, this first podcast on longevity and health, which was the result of having discussions and involvement with four different world-class physicians. Uh, These are great healers, each one in their own right, that are recognized as authorities on this subject. Uh, It was really quite extraordinary. And uh, so I'm going to come back and just give a quick summary of what they recommended that you could do to have longevity and health. And since that time, uh, we have received quite a bit of feedback on this subject with some additional questions. And so I'd like to address a couple of those questions. I mean, just think about the cost of healthcare. It has absolutely skyrocketed uh, over the last 10, 20, or 30 years. And the impact of ill health, health setbacks, and injury are devastating. 
uh, disrupting both your personal and your professional life. So the stakes here are really quite high when it comes to talking about health. And this principle, like each of the other 11 principles of the highly successful leaders, does have a huge impact on our overall success and happiness. I mean, simply our ability to get up in the day and to go to work and to interact with other people. So to the degree that we master these principles, the impact of your ripple in life becomes a legacy that influences generations to come including your friends, associates, and family. Indeed, as you master these principles, they are intergenerational. So you may ask yourself, okay, what can I do to minimize health risk, and what can I do to maximize my longevity, health, and happiness? So let's just discuss two aspects of what you can do. And so first I'll provide a brief overview of what I covered in much more uh, detail in the previous podcast about this subject, but then we'll shift gears into a few mechanics of biomarkers to be aware of and simple tests so that you can rule out life-threatening health risks. So the overall view of uh, practices and habits that really produces this greater longevity and health will be the focus today. So let's go ahead and start with uh, a quick recap uh, from Dr. Russell Jaffe, Dr. Mao Zingni, who's, these are all really terrific, awesome individuals, uh, Dr. Uh, Mehmet Oz, and Dr. Majid Fotuhi. Each one of them talk on this subject. So as I've studied each of them in depth, had the chance to visit with them, I noticed that there were about six or seven things they all recommended in common. Uh, each one has a few other things to be mindful of, but these are the, the real biggies that you and I can do to be sure that we are maximizing our longevity and our health. All right, here they go. Number one is to get fit. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so that's a big one. Uh, exercising 15 to 30 minutes a day will help us do that. The second is, across the board, is having a healthy diet. So, uh, for example, a Mediterranean-type diet, but really focusing on a diet that's easy to love. And that's the big deal, because if you have a diet that you just hate, it's not going to work. So number one, Be sure that you have a a good level of fitness, regular exercise. Uh, Number two is that you have a healthy diet. Uh, Number three is uh, to learn new things, uh, and particularly reading uh, books regularly or listening to new concepts. But these things stimulate the mind. Uh, The next that is common, number four, is to have good stress control in your life and also to sleep well. Uh, This, again, is across the board. Another big one is to have regular, good, adequate sleep. Uh, It's going to vary a little bit between each person. There's a very small percent of the population that can get by on four hours sleep. Uh, I I think it's like less than 4%. That means 96% of us need more than that, and generally agreed upon is seven to eight hours. But whatever it takes to help you wake up refreshed and ready to go. And you have to gauge that by yourself. For some people, it it might be 10 hours. 
Okay, the next one is number five. So number one, get fit. Number two, a healthy diet. Number three, learn new things. Number four is to have good stress control and to sleep well. Number five is to meditate. This is where you take time to really center yourself, to get at peace, to uh, reflect upon your blessings, to feel gratitude. Uh, one of the things we like to do is chair flying, which is to close your eyes. And when you have a plan all set up, just walk yourself through the plan in advance, anticipating things that may come up to push you off the plan and, and that you do it with ease. But this is meditation and coming to a center of peace so that it uh, really energizes you and helps you throughout all the rest. And the last one is to have a purpose including strong relationships so that you can enjoy the journey. I liked what Dr. Oz said. He said, your heart needs a reason to keep beating. So there are the uh, seven right there. Get fit, healthy diet, learn new things regularly, stress control and sleep well, meditate and have a purpose. So that was six, <laughs> the six big ones. I know that there's a seventh one, and that's the one we're going to talk about now. Uh, that's the one that I'm adding, and that is to live life safely. And so have fun, but no unnecessary risks. So in other words, when you're driving, it's the three-second rule. Three seconds between you and the car in front of you. Always look before changing lanes and use uh, safe speeds. So those are the seven things, and we'll come back and wrap up uh, uh, the review one more time so that we have them fresh in mind. Now, here is part two, the greater focus today that I want to add in this podcast, and that is, is that there are simple tests that alert you to concerns that will protect your health. And in today's world, the biggest threats to life and health are cancer, coronary disease, and really inflammation, which can attack your body at different ways. So the sooner that you can catch a problem, the better off that you are of maintaining better health. So for example, uh, about a year and a half ago with uh, uh, the Young Presidents Organization, YPO, uh, we went up to our local university, which uh, University of Utah, which happens to be one of the leaders in uh, DNA mapping, genome mapping, because there's so much family history done in this area, you can track it back to generations and correlate it to health. So you really have some of the world's leaders in this field. So we actually did a, a exome genome testing, a reading of our DNA. It was interesting because we had the specialist as we went through the evening from the different disciplines at the university as it related to DNA and the mapping of the DNA and how it could help detect uh, potential risk to you through the mutations in DNA and the gene. So one of those examples had to do with colon cancer. One of the doctors came in and said, listen, historically, if you had colon cancer, your chance of surviving is not very high. It's like 20%. So once it gets hold, it is a deadly disease. He said, but through the genome mapping of your uh, DNA, if there's a mutation that tells us that there's an alert to colon cancer, he said, we can screen for that 
do regular colonoscopies, and we can take that risk and drive it all the way to zero. Oh my goodness, that was amazing. And the way that you can do that is you go in and you have regular testing, and if there's polyps, you can clip them out. And, and so it's a game changer. So what are those few things that you can do that helps improve your ability to detect these type of things that could be life-threatening? So I'm just going to give you a few. One of them is a very simple test. I sit on a hospital board, and this is how I became aware of this, is this hospital was offering what is called a coronary calcium test. And what this does is actually by measuring the calcium, and it's really targeting the arteries, it will tell you what concern there may be for clogged arteries. And so based on where you score, what the factor is on the calcium test, it tells you what the risk is. Uh, it goes all the way up from, it starts at zero, goes up to 400. It's an inexpensive test, by the way, uh, overall. I think it was, it, it, the place I took it, it was $95. Uh, and that was for two people. <laughs> That's a great uh, price. They had a really two for one. Well, at any rate, I did take it. It gives you four different ranges. And as you move up through the range towards 400, it becomes more severe. Well, it turns out that mine was at four, which is really uh, great. I mean, that's the very lowest end of the spectrum, which I was thrilled to hear. So you just rule out one more thing. Uh, my sister, uh, my older sister, decided she and her husband would go take it. She, incredibly, was at zero. Oh, my goodness. That was really good news for her. Had another friend who was the uh, partner, senior partner at an accounting firm. His was 160. So he was so glad that he went, able to go in and, and really see what that meant. Now, Dr. Uh, Mao, that I talked about earlier, uh, has suggested another thing that you can do in this very same vein to rule out any type of a coronary disease is to go in and have a carotid artery sonogram. Okay, say that 10 times. <laughs> At any rate, you take the carotid artery sonogram, and it can tell uh, if there's any obstructions in the arteries. And so I'm going to do this one. It's a simple one to take. Another one is a periodic colonoscopy. So a periodic colonoscopy, it depends whether you have polyps or not of how frequent that needs to be taken. But after 40 or 50 years old, it would be every 10 years unless you have some concern that pops up and it's every five years and could be more frequent if you're at uh, high risk. Uh, so this is one that really... It is such a sad thing to hear when somebody has uh, colon cancer uh, because it is so deadly. And once it becomes more fully developed, it's very difficult to stop. And, and so this is something that is so preventative. And the, the last one that I'm going to uh, suggest here is just regular periodic exams with your physicians. So these are four added things that we can do in addition to the previous seven that I suggested. Uh, that will that are easy. You can just take them. They're physical things, and they're indicators that yes or no, and you have them out of the way, and they can give you a great deal of peace or comfort. Uh, one other that uh, I had to chuckle a little bit about, and that is that for males, you can take a pregnancy test, and there uh, it seems to be some indication that it may uh, indicate uh, cancer. 
Uh, if it tests positive, it's a simple test to take. It's not foolproof. It's a little bit controversial, but uh, there is a hormone that's produced particularly in the testicles that is heightened. And so this is such an easy one to test. If you take it and it's positive, then you want to really take a much closer look at this. Uh, I went to the, <laughs> I did do this a few weeks ago, went down to the pharmacy uh, there are several people there standing around the register, and I said, hey, where are the pregnancy tests? Man, they looked at me like, uh, okay, uh, uh, who, who's this for? <laughs> well, anyhow, that was good to take. And All right, now here's this, the next part of uh, things you just want to pay attention to, biomarkers. And by the way, all of this is written down that comes along with this podcast, since there's a written transcript of the podcast, so you can just print out these few things and put them on your radar. Here are just uh, a few biomarkers to pay attention to that are an indicator of long-term health. And uh, I'll give you the marker. I've actually put this on a worksheet. And so I do have, as I've talked about, regular periodic exams. Uh, every six months to a year, earlier in my life, they were once a year. But they create a benchmark for you on your various key biomarkers. And if there's ever anything that pops up, you just spot it quickly. So here are the few uh, particularly recommended by these four doctors that I've talked about earlier. One is the LPA. It's little particle A. So you want to take a look at that one. Number two is your A1C. And what you're really looking for is kind of a three-month average of your glucose. And this helps you measure your sugar levels, insulin, and energy. And the marker here you're looking for is less than 5%. That's where it should be in that range. Here's the next biomarker to keep, be aware of is your C-reactive protein levels. Because uh, if they're at a high level, it can indicate inflammation. And it's the inflammation that can be a risk in many different areas in your life. Uh, and we just want to stay away from that. Not only uh, does it put you at risk, it can be painful and life-threatening. So you want your C-reactive proteins to be less than 0.5 uh, mg over L, uh, megagrams over, I think it's uh, per liter there. Okay, and uh, the next one is it's good to have micronutrient blood test. And what you're looking for there is your thyroid marker, and it should be uh, one to two or less. We just have a couple more of these. Don't want to bore you, but they're the key ones and good for us to think about. And Probably never hear us talk about this again, <laughs> but these are them for our whole life. And that is your omega-3 index. The omega-3 index should generally be about a 3 to 6 ratio. And this is essentially, it is measuring your essential fatty acids, and they should be greater than 8%. Got two more to wrap it up with, and that is the vitamin D. And uh, what this does is helps us determines the level impacts of cell communication and how that seems to be flowing. And it should be in the range of 50 to 80 NG slash ML. And the last one is just know your blood pressure, uh, which should be in the range of 115 over 75, your weight and your percent of uh, body fat 
the percent of body fat as you look at these, I've charted these on an Excel sheet, should be uh, less than 25% of your body fat mass, okay? Uh, and then that helps you determine what your weight level should be to keep you in that range. And those are them. That's it. These are really the key things to be aware of to maintain not only a short-term health, be sure we're at peak energy, peak health, but also to maintain our longevity and good health over time. So there you have it, folks. Uh, once again, I'll just remind you that these things will be written down. You can just print off a couple of sheets and highlight them. Uh, as we wrap up, I'll give a few reminders of how we can implement these, but they really help us put these into action. And the result of doing this is greater longevity and health. It's greater peace of mind, uh, energy and vitality, and the opportunity to maximize your health over a long period of time. So what action can you take? Well, number one is that you can take this information that we've been talking about today, certainly do your own research on it and tone it up and and poke through it and be sure that you refine your philosophy, but you should have this really zeroed in of how this impacts your life. So action number one is you can be sure that these health ideas are reflected in your personal vision. In other words, I am a fit person. I stay healthy. I have a good diet. I regularly get good sleep. So see, in just a few words, I am a hungry le learner. I'm always learning new things. I read books all the time. I meditate, and I have a purpose in life that helps me wake up each day excited. So see, in just a few words, you can make these things that we've been talking about today a part of your personal vision. But not only that, they can be reflected in your annual goals. So we talk about setting up smart goals. So under fitness, it could be to do 3,000 sit-ups and push-ups during the year. It could be to exercise uh, 15 minutes a day, 20 days a month or whatever. I mean, so, you know, you have a little latitude, but it keeps you on track overall. And, and uh, you can really narrow these down into annual goals that become part of a plan to cause your vision to be a reality. And last of all, when you do pre-week planning, which you can do through the Becoming Your Best Planner, and it has a format where you can just sit down during the weekend and you write down your roles at the top. And then what actions can you take this week that matter most? And then these are reflected in your calendar where you just write down, when will we do them? This is where the rubber meets the road. And so if you have a goal to do exercise 15 minutes a day, when will you do it? So under the role of personal, you would put exercise five times. And mine is a little more than that. Mine is typically 30 to 45 minutes. So I say, here's my schedule. I'm looking at it for the week. When is the best time? And so this is where we win the battles, right here in pre-week planning, and we get her sketched out so we know we have a high likelihood of making these a part of our life. And then having these in a place will help you really put these health practices uh, as a consistent part of your life. So that's one thing that you can do. One action that you can take is be sure that these are in your vision, annual goals, 
and pre-week planning. So let me just review these one last time today. Let's see if you've got them. There are seven things we recommended that you can do to maximize health and longevity and really defy aging in the words of Dr. Fotuhi, and that is get fit, have a healthy diet, learn new things, that's number three, sleep well and control your stress, that's number four. Number five is to meditate. Number six is to have a purpose. In other words, your heart needs a reason to keep beating. And number seven is live life safely. Have fun, but no unnecessary risk. If you're driving the three-second rule, look before changing lanes. Uh, before you go on, the when the light turn green, turns green, look both ways. So that's seven things we can put into our vision and goals. And then we added part two today. And that is to consider these screen, these tests that you can take, the coronary calcium tests, uh, the colonoscopy, the carotid artery sonogram, and then, of course, a regular exam with your physician, and then paying attention to your biomarkers, these key few things that are good to be aware of. Those are the indicators. So that's the first thing you can take action on. Now, the second thing that I found really helpful particularly over time, is to be sure that you have invested in your own copy of Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. Because the power is in the principles. It's not in me or anyone else. It's the principles that are timeless and universal, and they produce a predictable result. And so part of that result is greater happiness, health, and personal fulfillment as you make a becoming your best type contribution. These things, the 12 principles, directly affect the things we've been talking about today because they allow you to seize the day and be able to put them into your day-to-day -day life. So another thing that you can do along with this idea of being sure you have one is to give a gift of this book to your spouse, a partner, uh, children, and fellow workers. And maybe the third action item is that you could work on the principles together. Uh, one principle per week, and then you move on to the next. And if you do that, that's 12 weeks. In the 13th week, you can step back and assess how you're doing and then start over. And by doing this, you can go through each principle four times per year. It's a simple process, but it is invigorating. And you can invite each other to uh, teach these so you're all engaging together. Uh, so if you do not receive this weekly principle via email or some other electronic media, we're happy to provide you with the principle a week so it, it creates a pathway to do it. And it has inspiring stories and potential action steps. Only takes five minutes to go through this. But if you would like to be sure you're set up on that, just contact us through support at becomingyourbest.com, that's support, at becomingyourbest.com, and our team will set you up on these principles a week for free. No charge to you. Okay, well, this has been great being able to visit together with you today. Uh, this is something that strikes at the very core of all of our success. Uh, these are steps that you can take to step up your game, your health, and unleashing a, the greatest potential that you have uh, and that those in your life have, uh, your fellow associates and family members. And the resulting influence 
is one that grows throughout your life and is passed down from generation to generation to create a magic of excellence and fulfillment. Remember, every day you are making a difference, and we wish you all the best in that wonderful, breathtaking journey. This is Steve Schallenberger, your host from Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.